morning and welcome to the Morning Coffee podcast show. Hope you're having a great morning and a great Easter. And it's super beautiful weather up here today. Blue skies, sunny, but still a bit of fresh air in the morning and a great cup of coffee and just a idyllic, perfect little uh, Easter holiday. And um, we have two topics today. So one is, um, well, both are from two books we're reading. Uh, these topics are a little bit different than normal, but the first one is about natural history. So it's a... Uh, uh, it goes through some of the theories about the evolution of life and of uh, like uh, the Darwin's theories and also some of the mysteries in the theories that Darwin was in doubt about. So the book is called Darwin's Doubt. And um, the other part at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the symbolism in the Hebrew letters or the Hebrew numbers. So the first part is then from the book called Darwin's Doubt. So we just started reading this, so we're just going to go a little bit through the first chapter. Uh, but there are very interesting things there with of the, the whole uh, story of the, or the main problem with, there are some gaps in, in the evolution theory of Darwin, especially we were focusing here in the first chapter on the Cambrian period. So, this might be super basic for people who know a little bit about natural history and natural sciences, but um, but there is there should be a lot more fossils from like between the earliest kind of one-celled or super primitive life forms, and then when you get to, for example, the trilobite and the brachiopod. So this is about five hundred million years ago. Uh, so there's a there's a little issue that there are not enough where there are none, apparently, <laughs> intermediate fossils that show the transition towards these life forms. So there's this kind of mystery that they call the Cambrian explosion. It's also very interesting that Cambria is, uh, it refers to whales. So for Welsh people, they call whales Cambria. And then it's also very close to Cambria up in, <laughs> in the Lake District, but Cambria. So it was... Uh, it changed its name to Cambrian because of lots of fossil fi finds in like the northwestern part of Wales. So that's the Cambrian. So the Cambrian explosion is a mystery. This was also one big issue for Darwin himself that there should have been more fossils of the kind of intermediate stages of evolution. So this is where the book starts. It's going to go into other kind of uh, other parts of the argument that there seems to be some other issues or mysteries about the amount of information that is stored in the DNA for evolving life and also that if it's all random and trial and error the because of the complexity of the DNA structures just a random trial and error would take uh, it, it just is not going to fit into the time frame of just natural random uh, mutations of of the cells and of the DNA. So that's going to be, that argument's going to be evolved further in the book. So in the beginning, it's just like this, the missing fossils. So that is, um, it's an it's a interesting start. And uh, it also talks a lot about one of Darwin's um, colleagues. Uh, so there's one person at Harvard, uh, Assassitz, and there's a Swiss uh, natural, natural scientist, and they had big arguments, and also then, uh, sorry, Agassiz, uh, he uh, is like the tennis player, Agassi, Agassiz. He also had some um, uh, 
um, well, they, they had this lively debate, and uh, what Agatsis pointed out was also Darwin's uh, own. <laughs> he admitted himself that those were kind of issues, or he was hoping for new finds of fossils that would kind of connect the links. But at the same time, there are, just on our own account, like when we're reading this, there are at least two questions that that might come later in the book. And if anyone is reading the book, you will get to hear your thoughts as well. It's a, it's a fun book. It's a good read so far. So it's just written by Stephen C. Meyer and called Darwin's Doubt, The Explosive Origin of Animal Life and the Case for Intelligent Design. Meaning, so intelligent design in this case just means that um, there seems to be, like, uh, the argument goes that the path of the evolution is too sophisticated to be done purely by random. So, um, and it just stops there, it just points out that the, the, the randomness theory has uh, a problem of explaining the time frame. So the two thoughts that are for kind of from our own reading is just that, but this again might be answered <laughs> later on, but one is that could it be something about the process that you have kind of bursts of changes and then most of them just die out immediately. So you get these disjointed uh, periods of evolution that you get this suddenly extreme variety of different uh, life forms or animal forms when a uh, like an early form of a trilobite or some kind of uh, beetle <laughs> suddenly that changes in to uh, something else and then most of them just die out immediately. So there's not even any, uh, any remnants of them and kind of fossils to find of them. And then until it it is like a creative process that you have lots of kind of stuff, experimentation, and then you find something that's a new form, which has a durability, and then that becomes that which lasts. So that's just one thought. Uh, and the other thought is that um, so far, it, I haven't seen it addressed in the book so far, but like how um, could changes in, in function be imprinted into the DNA? Like is the DNA also changing just by the usage of an organism of the body, for example. So if, um, let's say very kind of simple examples, but if someone is stretching their arms all the time to reach some higher fruits on a tree, like a, let's say an early monkey or something, um, will that kind of stretching over time just be imprinted into the DNA and then it get, gets longer arms? Like, is it... Does it all or uh, come from changes in the DNA in itself? So, but I'm sure it's going to come in the book. So, uh, we're still just at chapter one, but it's a fun read. So, that was the first part about Darwin's doubt, a bit of natural history and science, and then the other one is. Uh, so now we're shifting gears here to just symbolism of the Hebrew numbers. So um, this is <laughs> it's hard to make a kind of a soft segue into this, but. Uh, just to like a bit of an overview, so the, the Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters, and the letters are also numbers. So the first 10 letters are 1 to 10, and then you get the 11th letter is uh, 20, and then it's 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, and then the rest are like 200, 300, and 400. So that is the, the numerical value of the letters. Or you can also say that letters and numbers are the same thing in Hebrew. And then it's also... There's so many layers to this because a letter then, or a, um, so, well, a letter is also a symbol with a meaning, and it's also then a number with a meaning. 
So when you see a word in Hebrew, you can see the word. You could also see three symbols joined together with a meaning. You can also see three numbers with three meanings and you can add the numbers and then you get yet another meaning. So if we just start, we're just going to look at the first five numbers today. So the first one, the first letter is Aleph, and that is one, and that means unity. So it's also an ox, it signifies strength, and it's also, uh, in some ways, it's that kind of the leader, the divine, uh, in, in terms of being the strength, and also unity, which is, it seems like a very common thing in many, many cultures, that one is unity. Then two, the number two is the second letter, is, which is Baith. So this is kind of Aleph. Beit is alpha, beta in Greek, alphabet. So Beit is the second one. And that means division, double witness, and also duality in itself. So the household, the household is Adam and Eve, two people in a unity. So that is kind of the, the two-ness. That is two. Three is Gimel, which comes from camel, and it's about being lifted up. And this could be interpreted in many different ways. It has a good and a bad side. So the good side is that you're being glorified, elevated to a position of authority in a positive sense. The negative side is the pride. So that is one part of the number three. It also then means uh, men, like the one and the many. So you have like a group into one. And it's also then uh, heavily used as kind of the trinity as well in, in the more the newer biblical stories. So... Um, but it then again stands for divine fullness and perfection. That is kind of number three. Then we get to number four, which is Daleth. And that means, as a symbol, it means a door in Hebrew. And that stands for the earth and the material creation. So then from the, the oldest biblical stories, you had the fourth day. Uh, on the fourth day, the creation of the material world is finished. So four is for earth and um, it goes on to say all the things here with like the like a square with four sides in geometry represents the earth while on the side a circle is the heaven the eternity the perfection the timeless and the realm of the spirit uh, and it further connects this into kind of how the psalms in the in the old biblical stories uh, the numbers of this like psalm 4 has theme of the earth so it's reflected in the numbers of the psalms as well and then we get to number five which is hey or is the kh. so that letter or number then means grace and favor uh, also the inspiration or even revelation uh, so if you put it at the end of the word it means what what comes from so there's a fun thing here with uh so it means the grace that rescues us and set the captives free. And then again, grace is connected to accepting. It's like this that one, one, one definition of this is like accepting the divine help to move you towards the good. So the, the grace in the sound, so that is why in the beginning with Abram in the older stories, when he becomes Abraham, that is because the sound is put in the middle of the name because now he has the divine grace and the divine favor. Divine favor. So, um, and now like also the Holy Spirit was with him. So that is why his name changed. And also his wife then changed from Sarai to Sarah. So same with her. And also with uh, Joshua, it becomes Jehoshua. Jehoshua. Yeah. So 
Again, that's the number five is the grace and favor. Four is earth. Five is uh, divine fullness, perfection, unity, many, one and many. Two is division and duality. And one is the unity of, the all, of all. Okay, so this, this little book goes up to number 40. So there are lots of interesting things coming as well. And um, apart from that, so this is going to be a longer one. This is kind of an Easter special. So uh, it's also tempting to say a little thing about uh, Dante as well, as always. So we, we keep reading. We're reading in English. We've just been through an English commentary from Sinclair. We're reading uh, this beautiful book from uh, 1965, this Italian publisher with a kind of a medieval illustrated um, book and analysis which is great. We're also in contact again with our professor in Napoli, uh, Professor Raffaele Giglio. And um, we're going to keep reading. So just a bit of a reminder here. So the comedy starts like the dark forest is the night to Good Friday. So it's kind of Thursday to, to Friday night. And then he spends the whole first canto. It takes almost a full day, which is just tumbling around. He sees the little this little hill with a light on, he tries to get there, you have three beasts, he meets Virgil. Then on the evening of Good Friday, like today, <laughs> then that's when he enters, or goes into the portal to Inferno. Inferno. So that's when the journey starts, on Friday. And then they go into the center of the earth, they climb out on the other side, they get to the island of Mount Purgatory, and they emerged out of the side of the mountain onto the shores, the beach, on Sunday morning. So that's kind of the third day. So it's kind of they go down on Friday, they come up on Sunday. And then they spend three and a half days on Mount Purgatory, and then finally they ascend into the heavens about one one day, one and a half days, because it's hard to see the days because they're suddenly in space. <laughs> but so the whole whole journey is about a week. But for now, in terms of the Easter, the important thing is is the down on the Friday and then up on Sunday. And um it keeps growing as well. There are more things to say about this. Just some final thoughts, since we're now way over our usual time <laughs> time frame. Is that um, there are things to say about how the comedy is uniting science and philosophy and theology and poetry, and we found so even more stuff in Italian to read about this. And it, this also unites what we've just been talking about today, even <laughs> with some natural history and some of the symbolism of the biblical stories and. Uh, how all of these things used to be in a harmonious way seen as a whole, not as a strict system, but they were kind of seen as a whole in many ways. So, um, and it seems like th this way of thinking is uh, uh, actually being <laughs> kind of uh, growing in some circles because it adds a flexibility to the thinking, it adds a brightness to the thinking, you're using more of your brain, it's more of a balanced way of using your whole brain, and it's also something about a little bit of the humility in not being this fully systemized, control everything, know everything, and cut off what is beyond your understanding, but having a little bit of opening to that there are still things we don't understand, there's a bit of a mystery, that is a joyful and happy thing, and it's also a source of inspiration and of new knowledge and, and discovery as well. So just refinding this balance is uh, kind of an overall thought, and perhaps this could be a time where this is starting to change a little bit. It's uh, still maybe be the final word, this is Easter in 2021, and uh, Easter is symbolic in so many ways. Also, practically, we see it with spring, new life coming, 
kind of the renewal, rebirth in nature, and it's also full of symbolism of of spiritual rebirth and also uh, just new beginnings and and building new things and finding, <laughs> creating a new bright world and finding back to a, a nice, balanced, inspiring and happy, happy uh, experience of life and being and good things in front of us. So with that, thank you so much for listening. Hope you're having a great Friday and nice weather where you are and also a good cup of coffee. And as always, thank you so much for listening and see you again in the next episode.